This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. This is a Business Radio special. Marijuana. Canna Business. A look at the marijuana industry. Here's your host, John Barquette. Then you're all right with me. Hello and welcome to Canna Business, a look at the marijuana industry. Our two-hour special here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 132. I'm John Barquette, and today we're bringing you special programming. For the next two hours, we're going to take a look at the current and future state of the marijuana industry. According to a recent Pew Research Center survey, about 6 in 10 Americans support marijuana legalization. That's double what it was in 2000, and popular belief is that the legal cannabis industry is poised for explosive growth. Today we'll speak with a variety of experts and cover a range of topics about the industry, including the legal landscape, policy barriers, investing in cannabis, medical marijuana, and how to market a product whose legal future has so much uncertainty. Legal marijuana was a more than $10 billion industry in the U.S. last year, and it's expected to create over 300,000 jobs in the next three years. Our next guest, is part of this booming industry and seeing a lot of success. I'm thrilled now to welcome Chuck Smith, the CEO and co-founder of Dixie Brands, to the show. Chuck, thanks so much for joining us. John, thank you so much for having me on the show today. Uh, Chuck, tell us, what is Dixie Brands? Well, Dixie Brands is a consumer packaged goods company. Um, this We've been around for a little over nine years. Uh, started in Colorado under the legal medical marijuana program there, and have now grown to be uh, what I would argue the largest uh, portfolio of branded products in the industry, spanning both regulated THC as well as hemp-derived CBD wellness products. All right, and what's the founding story? I mean, what inspired you to start this company? Well, frankly, it was uh, it was a bit of a passive investment uh, initially. John, my uh, my business partner, uh, Trip Kieber who lived in uh, Colorado, came to me with an opportunity to invest in, in the industry. That was in the early days, the wild, wild west. And uh, we decided to put a little bit of money into uh, into kind of the green rush, if you will. Okay. And as we continued to invest money into it and started to build the foundation of what now is Dixie, the brand, we started getting testimonials from people uh, that were using the product uh, for, for medical purposes, and it was really changing their lives. Uh, number one in particular, a PTSD veteran that was using our drink product to really help him get off of uh, pain medicines. And all of a sudden, we kind of sat back and said, wow, not only are we helping people, but we're a bit part of kind of the history of uh, potentially ending prohibition. And that's kind of a pretty cool thing to do. So we went full in on building the company. You mentioned the drink products. Tell us about your suite of products. Yes, today we have over 100 products in the portfolio uh, spanning across uh, about 15 delivery systems. So a delivery system, for example, would be the drink product. We have both a carbonated beverage as well as a still beverage, uh, various flavors, a fruit punch, for example, or an Arnold Palmer uh, type of a product. We also have uh, chocolate products. We have pressed pills and dissolvable mints, which frankly are one of our uh, largest selling products. And then we also have a great line of topicals uh, that really don't 
cause euphoria, provide euphoria, but they have great uh, mild pain uh, and skin irritation relief. And that's on the, the THC side. On the CBD side, we have two companies, Assessor Wellness, which is our human supplement line. And then we have Therapist, which is our pet supplement line catering to dogs, as well as just today we announced our feline treat product. Wow. So, so for our listener who may not appreciate the distinction you just made between CBD and THC, kind of break down for us what cannabis-derived uh, materials are in your products. A- absolutely. I'll take the THC side quickly first, the regulated side. That is um, uh, THC, a, a molecule, a cannabinoid that comes from marijuana that actually allows and provides for some euphoria uh, or also some you know, type of uh, benefit, even from a wellness side. It can help you uh, sleep a little bit better. It can help you take some anxiety and, and edge off. It's not just all about getting high, frankly, but people use it as both a wellness platform as well as an alternative to, uh, to alcohol or other social uh, consumption-type products. On the CBD side, uh, that is derived in general from industrial hemp or a hemp plant that has below the federal limit of 0.3% THC. So it's a legal product. Uh, it's just become even more popular with the Farm Bill being signed here at the beginning of the year. And that, com- that product really helps with anti-inflammation, um, some mild anti-stress and anti-anxiety capabilities. And what we do at Dixie is we take those different cannabinoids and we add to them botanicals or other uh, FDA-oriented uh, approved ingredients that really create some desired effect. So uh, quickly, for example, in our pet products, we have a, a line called Up and Moving, which helps with joint mobility in dogs. And so it's the combination of CBD, again, as an anti-inflammatory, along with green lip muscle, which helps promote uh, general joint lubrication. And those two products together, ingredients together, create a highly effective product. Let me ask what I hope doesn't come off as a, as a skeptical question. I have a background in healthcare, Chuck, and you know some of the things that you're talking about is helping you know joint pain or this and that, even if it's in animals, you know, it, in in healthcare world, you know, you'd have to go through a lot, FDA approval, et cetera, to be able to make claims like this. I mean, what are we talking about with your products? Are we are there randomized controlled trials that prove this stuff? Are we talking about anecdotal responses that consumers are providing you? I mean, how do you back this stuff up? Sure, I, and and that's a fair question. I appreciate you asking it, and I don't have the medical background or experience that it sounds like you have. But I will tell you what I do see with my own two eyes, uh, people sending us videos of their dog, uh, that 12-year-old lab, for example, that they were going to have to put to sleep because it had such a difficult time moving around. And after a couple weeks on therapist, it was up and running around with a leash in its mouth. Um, so, you know, just taking that at a base level, I know that there's effectiveness in the product and not just a placebo because the dog doesn't know what it's getting. Um at, at, on, the, on the more scientific level, the therapist product in particular was originally formulated by a veterinarian, Dr. Stephen Katz, in New York. And he and our company worked together to develop therapist. We commercialized the product, get it, got it ready for you know, large-scale manufacturing and, and regulatory approval. But he uses the product in uh, actual trials within his veterinary clinic. So we are at least getting some level of of confirmation at that um, patient base. And then finally, last thing I would say, John, is, you know, with the Farm Bill, I believe that we're going to be able to get uh, traditional institutional research. 
and that will allow us to really see how effective these cannabinoids are and, and really get the good science behind it that we haven't been able to get to because of the concern of federal illegality. Right. I can see how that has probably made it difficult to run the types of studies or trials that you would need uh, to, say, gain FDA approval for some of this stuff. I mean, I guess, obviously. Tell me, Chuck, about your product suite and what are your, what do you like, say, your best-selling products for people who are listening? Yes. So again, as I mentioned, we have a pretty broad portfolio of products, and um, the the drinks are where we kind of started the the company, if you will, sort of our flagship product. But frankly, the consumer is now growing exponentially. The the demographic of the consumer, and so there's many different formats that that customers and patients are interested in enjoying cannabis products. So as I mentioned, I believe our mint, our dissolvable mint product, is uh, is one of our best sellers. It's a five milligram product, uh, so it's low dose. It's easy for people to understand and, and use. Uh, it also has kind of indication specific properties. So we have a, a relaxing mint that has botanicals in it that'll you know, ease uh, some stress, and that combined with THC, you know, gives you really an, a potential alternative to you know traditional pharma drugs like uh, Ambien, for example. So those are very discreet and easy products to to use and consume. Uh, We also uh, have a line of topical products, which is a combination of THC and CBD. And those products don't cause any euphoria, but they are great for uh, mild pain relief, joint uh, aches and pains, and skin irritation. So really a broad portfolio spanning, you know, again, a very diverse and growing consumer uh, demographic. How do folks buy your product is it is it online and mail order or, or can you show up at a store and buy them yes uh, well i wish it was uh, online but uh, the thc industry uh the cannabis industry obviously is federally still uh, not federally viewed uh, positively so it's a state-by-state distribution model so dixie uh, part of our strategy is that we build manufacturing facilities in every state that we want to operate in And with those manufacturing facilities, we also have our sales and marketing distribution teams in place. And then as we manufacture our brands, we then sell them to all the legal dispensaries that are in each state. So a customer that wants to buy marijuana products would go into a dispensary and and hopefully uh, choose Dixie. Uh, On the THC or the CBD side, pardon me, John, on the CBD side of Assesso and Theravis, those products are actually sold online. And they are sold uh, through traditional distribution channels. And soon, I believe this year, uh, you're going to see them in traditional food, drug, and mass type retailers as well as specialty retailers now that the Farm Bill has given us a little bit clearer sight to uh, to the use of uh, hemp-derived CBD-oriented products. That's fascinating. So you, you have to strictly ver- set up a whole vertical supply chain in each state where you want to sell the THC products. Is that right? Unfortunately, today that's uh, that's the case. It's a pretty inefficient model. Uh, but the reality is it does create some barriers to entry for a company like ours that has the capital to be able to build that right. infrastructure. Uh, you can't ship across state lines right now in the, in the legal cannabis industry. So we do have to build these uh, manufacturing and distribution facilities in each state. You're listening to our cannabis business, the marijuana industry special on Sirius XM's business radio. I'm speaking this hour with Chuck Smith, the CEO and co-founder of Dixie Brands, uh, a top marijuana-related uh, consumer packaged goods company. Um, Chuck, my next question for you is, and what's your advice for people who are looking to get into this industry right now? 
Well, a couple things. Again, we've been doing it for over nine years, so we've uh, we've certainly had our share of ups and downs, right. and uh, have stared in the abyss a little bit. You know, this is not a very normal industry, given the restrictions on banking and uh, and the punitive tax codes and the high regulations. So, you know, someone needs to come in very well capitalized. Uh, certainly, uh, making sure they have a good team of people that uh, has a lot of patience and experience in dealing with uh, obstacles, and really having a mindset that you're just not going to take no for an answer. That you're in you know, in this for a, a long haul and a and a big prize at the end, hopefully. And the, the fact is, we are changing the world, and we are ending prohibition. And so, there's something pretty cool to be to be said for that. So. Uh, good, good uh, bank account and uh, lots of uh, patience. T- tell us about some of the obstacles that you faced over the last nine years. <laughs> well, let's see. Do you mean lack of access to banking or? Yeah, and Chuck, uh, we only no, have we no. only have fifty fifty minutes left on the show, so I'm I'm sure there's more time than that you could fill with those obstacles. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I could list a whole lot of them, but uh, when we start with access to banking and uh, and you know, high cost of capital and then top it off with the tax code that hits us at around 75% of tax rate, effective tax rate. Those are probably the three big obstacles. Um, but we're going to overcome those. Hopefully this year we'll get a, the States Act passed at the federal level, which will start to normalize the cannabis industry and take away some of those uh, punitive things that are in our way. I would also say, John, in the early days, it was access to human capital and talent that was a big obstacle because people were just afraid to swap their careers at the traditional blue chip companies, if you will, or their CPA firms and come to work for the industry. But, um, you know, now we're seeing many, many people come into the industry because they can see where it's going and they're excited to be part of it. Now, let me ask you about when you look at your your product lines, what do you think makes a good product? Is it is it taste? Is it um, a high that you get? Is it just being able to get it in the first place? Tell me about that. Sure. You know, when we started Dixie, it was sort of a uh, branded house. So we wanted people to identify with the name and the logo and say, look, we know whatever the product they make is going to be high quality, you know, well-tested, uh, good ingredients, and a consistent product. And now as the consumer profile and the demographic is growing so greatly, we're really moving the company into a house of brands. But with that said, we want every single brand under our portfolio to be made again with that highest quality, consistency, reliability, dependability, and, and taste. You know, they've got to look good on the shelf. The customer's got to be happy with the value that they're receiving from it. And I'd say as important as anything, which is why we're investing so much in this capital infrastructure, you know, a consumer pretty soon, John, is going to get on a plane in Boston and fly to New York and then on to Chicago, out to Denver, San Francisco, and then up to Toronto. And as long as they're 21 years or older, they're going to be able to walk into a store and buy a cannabis product. And I want them to buy Dixie because I want them to know and believe that every time they buy one, it's going to be the same no matter where they bought it. And and so that's our goal, to make this truly a global consumer packaged goods company that people rely on. And what are the plans for the future? I mean, what are you guys looking at over the next couple of years? Well, we'll continue to build out the infrastructure here domestically, uh, but we've also started our global expansion. Uh, You may be aware that we uh, announced a joint venture with a company called Chiron uh, Life Sciences. Chiron is the largest uh, owner of infrastructure in all of Latin America with both cultivations and and dispensary uh, distribution licenses throughout much of the Latin American region. 
Uh, so we, uh, coupled with them in a joint venture, to we, for us to bring all of our products and formulas to their big infrastructure. So it's really for us to lay down these railroad tracks of manufacturing and distribution that we can control across the U.S. and then globally. And then we can both put our own products on there or in partnership with other companies that may want to you know, very quickly have a national or international reach without having to build the infrastructure. They can come and work with us either in a joint venture or maybe you know, we, we'd acquire that brand and put it under our portfolio. So it's really to continue to grow out that global CPG presence that we've, uh, we've really uh, set out as a strategy. Uh, Chuck, I have to ask, what, what was your background prior to nine years ago? What were you doing? Well, I've, I've been both in corporate America and, uh, and an entrepreneur, um, but I'm also happy that you asked me that because I didn't get into the Wharton School, but I did get into the Owen School at Vanderbilt. So <laughs> it was a close second, and I was uh, proud to get my MBA there. Uh, but uh, I've had a, both a finance, sales, marketing, and then general business background uh, over, my, over my time. You said that getting people to... Co- was maybe one of the biggest challenges earlier on, just getting people to think, oh, yeah, I should go invest my time in this industry. You know, nine years ago, I can imagine that was a tough proposition. You brought, it sounds like, much credibility to the process. And was that a differentiator for you early on? I I think it was. I mean, very early on, uh, my business partner and I were the only guys that showed up to meetings with a sport coat on. So, uh, we were either the the feds or we were legitimate business guys and turned out we were (laughs) business guys. And so uh, from there, uh, I do think we built credibility because it's not all about making a fast buck. This is certainly not an industry for that. It's about building a foundation. It's about building an infrastructure and it's about bringing people into the industry that, you know, haven't, you know, wouldn't necessarily have a chance to be part of it. Um, You know, I've got a person that works in our lab she graduated from high school, didn't go to college. Uh, she actually now runs a $250,000 piece of equipment, extraction technology equipment. She's really learning how to be a scientist in this uh, in this industry. And, you know, one of the big challenges going forward, and it's a mission for Dixie, is to also start bringing people uh, from uh, uh, minority uh, organizations, minority uh, people of color, uh, women, more of those folks into the industry that are maybe a little bit disenfranchised right now. And, you know, as we grow this industry, we really need to make it a very diverse uh, melting pot because that, that's just going to make it more legitimate uh, faster. Okay. Chuck Smith, CEO and co-founder of Dixie Brands. Chuck, thank you so much for coming on the show today. John, thank you. I'm John Barquette, and you're listening to Cannabis, a look at the marijuana industry here on Sirius XM 132. Like us. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Sirius XM Business Radio. And follow us on Twitter at BizRadio132. This is Business Radio. Business Radio. Powered by the Wharton School. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.